0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here at Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. And we hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain insight, wisdom, and courage to have these conversations with your own kids. Today we are talking, well, we're very blessed we have some of our former teenagers who are now college students in the studio with us. They were taping a show earlier about um, making that transition from high school to college. So we're going to keep them here and talk to them about another topic, which is, um, why am I Catholic? Go. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) They said to me beforehand, I hope you don't ask, why are you Catholic? Because I won't be able to answer that. So we're going to try to ask some pointed questions to to get to the root of why they've chosen this faith for themselves. So, that being said, why don't you tell us
1: who you are and where you go to school. We'll start with you.
2: My name is Benjamin Crum, and I go to The Ohio State University.
3: My name is Molly B., and I go to Bellarmine University. I'm Abby Young, and I go to Boston College. I have to say something
0: about The Ohio State University, (laughs) because since it's the official name of the college, everybody feels like they have to say it. But everyone says it sort of sarcastically. The. Yeah, so the name of the school has actually become sarcastically the The. Ohio State University. That absolutely has nothing to do with why you're Catholic, but I throw that out there. Welcome. Thank you, all of you, for being here. Um, Okay, so here's my first question. Have you at any point in your life been given the choice as to whether... Or not, you wanted to be Catholic.
1: I mean, at your confirmation, you're like asked to decide, do you want to continue with this faith that you've been living mm-hmm. your whole life? So I think that's the biggest spot where you're actually asked. I mean, you're baptized as an infant into the Catholic Church, so you're Catholic already. <laughs> so you're basically, you're not asked if you want to be Catholic, you're asked if you want to continue being Part of the Catholic Church. But
0: even so, for the three of you, did your parents say, Here you go, make a choice? Or did your parents say, Here you go, time for confirmation? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not, 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 you have a choice to make. I mean, have you ever felt like I'm at a crossroads, I have a choice, I choose Catholic? Or have you just always, has it never been something you were going to choose or not choose?
2: I mean, at my confirmation, I had a choice. But there was an expected and implied answer, mm-hmm. uh, which was yes. I choose to be Catholic, and that was my personal decision. And I'm, I'm sure it made my parents extremely happy that it was the same, because that means they raised me right. Um, so,
0: but all of you, Abby, you too. I think you were baptized in infants, mm-hmm. as infants. As mm-hmm. infants, you didn't have those parents who said, "Well, we're just going to let them decide what they want to do." They they chose for you, right? Right. Okay. Um, and then you have just continued with the Catholic. Yes. Okay. Um, and so we already sort of talked about this. So a confirmation, you were expected to go through the confirmation process, right? Or did, you, did any of you get to your confirmation year and your parents said,
1: well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do confirmation this year or not? It was sort of expected. It was expected. Um, I mean, I had the option not to be confirmed, but it was never explicitly stated because my parents knew that... That's not what I would choose. Right? Okay. <clears throat> and you already.
2: I actually said- wanted to do confirmation a year earlier, but uh, confirmation at our church is in ninth grade, and I want to do it in eighth grade, so I actually had to wait a year to be confirmed.
0: Your mean youth minister would not bend the rules for you. Apparently not. I was Ben's youth minister. Just <laughs> want to make that disclaimer there.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and and the reason I sort of wanted to illustrate that is. I think parents wonder sometimes, should I should I let my child choose his or her faith, or is that my responsibility as a Catholic parent to make that choice for my child? And I mean, I've got three really awesome witnesses here in the studio with me. Actually, four. Christopher's here, too. He's just not on a microphone. Of parents who made that choice for their kids, and their kids turned out to be really awesome Catholics. So if you need a little inspiration parents, you're doing the right thing. Take your kid to church, take them to confirmation, take them to youth group. Um, when when did you know that your faith was your own and not just what your parents were telling you to do?
2: Well, the first time I accepted my faith personally, um, <laughs> I was in second grade, and it was uh, right after September 11th. And so um, I guess most kids believe that they had a boogeyman underneath their bed um i believed it was saddam bin laden under my bed and so that was kind of terrifying <laughs> uh, um my dad was like
0: i'm sorry but
2: that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> was like dude uh you know if this is r- if he's under your bed you know we can make millions off of this you know everyone wants to find this guy um but for me it was like really scary and it kept me up at night and i couldn't sleep um
0: so the promise of making millions wasn't didn't calm you down
2: no, no, I mean, were, it was like, Osama dad, my Laden. life's worth millions, okay. I guess. <laughs> so um, so I guess one night I was just lying there thinking about Saddam bin Laden under my bed. And uh, I just, you know, thought, you know, if Saddam bin Laden is under my bed and he does kill me, you know, at least I'll go to heaven. And that's like the first time I can remember that I really accepted my faith as my own.
0: <laughs> that's such a weird story. <laughs> but it's also a really cool story because that is the hope we have as Christians, you know, whether it's second grade strange paranoia about terrorists under our beds Ooh. or what I mean like there's always hope in Christ, there's always comfort in Christ, there's always so.
2: Never had a problem after that night, so. That's so crazy.
0: <laughs> Abby or Molly, do you have a similar story <laughs> or a not at all similar story? I do not. Um, was there a time know. that you thought,
1: this is this is my faith, this is what I choose, this is what I embrace, this is what I believe? I mean, I, I think I've always embraced it. I don't think there was ever a period of time where I was just like, uh, going through the motions like consciously. Mm-hmm. So I think I've always just accepted it as my faith, which is not as exciting as <laughs> as Ben's story. As Ben's story. <laughs> but...
3: Um, I guess all of my peers would probably consider me a really devout Catholic, but I started to realize that, I guess as you used to put it, like you would fake it till you make it kind of. And I realized recently that I was doing that for a really long time. And recently, I guess, um, first year of college really helped me solidify it. And I guess there was this one mass, it was, I think on a Wednesday during finals week, and I just went to mass and I asked God for a sign because I was struggling with something. And for the next 30 minutes of Mass, it was like sign after sign after sign. And I really, I sat there and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, I asked for a sign. He gave it to me. And I know that this is how I'm going to continue with my life. And I guess I'd always believed in him before then. And I've always been super devoted. But that really just, it was one of those times when you're like, wow. And that's why we talk about,
0: Abby mentioned, fake it till you make it. Because I always tell the students in my ministry, even if you're not feeling it, you know, even if you're not feeling that presence of God, live your life as if you are, because otherwise you're going to make bad choices, you know, otherwise you're going to go in the wrong direction. So that that's a great illustration of that, Abby, like you were in mass, you know, <laughs> wouldn't have happened if you hadn't been in mass, you could have been somewhere else, you know. So, um, yeah, fake it till you make it. I'm a big proponent. <laughs> <laughs> um have you ever gone to other churches or youth groups or Christian camps or other, explored other Christian faiths to any degree, even just going with a friend or even, I mean, do you have any <laughs> awareness of other Christian faiths or are you guys so Im- immersed in your Catholic faith and always have been?
1: Um, I went to a non-denominational youth group event with one of our friends in like middle school. Um And it was was nice, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't what I was used to and it wasn't what was comfortable for me and it felt kind of incomplete. Mm -hmm. So that just wasn't super appealing to me.
2: I went to a service with uh, one of my friends. He's Lutheran a couple times and I went to a retreat with his uh, church once. Um, And we really had a lot of interesting discussions about about the differences between Catholics and Lutherans. And I think that really actually helped strengthen my Catholic faith.
3: Okay. Any experiences, Abby? Actually, I mean, I'm sure when I was younger, I, you know, if I stayed at a friend's house, I'm sure I went to Mass with them, but there's not really a time when I can think of that I did.
0: I think that's interesting um, perspective, from Molly and Ben, about it was, you know, it was okay. It wasn't great. Because a lot of kids. Who don't have solid connections to their Catholic faith will go to a non-denominational or, you know, another Protestant youth program and get so excited about it because it's fun and the music's good and there are lots of people and they're good food and they're playing games. um, But for you guys, all being really rooted in your Catholic faith and in your Catholic beliefs, those things are fun. But Molly, like you said, it felt incomplete. I think that's really interesting and something for parents to keep in mind. If our kids have a deep and profound awareness of what our Catholic faith is, those things might not be as attractive or as appealing. Um, just some food for thought. What about uh, other non-Christian faiths? Any, I'm sure you've all taken classes <laughs> in college, right? Like uh, religion classes. Of
1: Yeah. I mean, I've studied other faiths in school, like, Hinduism, and Buddhism, Islam, Judaism, but um, never had any, like, personal experience going to one of those services or, like,
3: synagogues or mosques. Yeah. Um, in high school, a large number of my friends were Jewish, so I went to all of their bar and bat mitzvah ceremonies and some synagogue um, ceremonies, but besides that, um, I guess my roommate this past year in college, um, she's Muslim. But I could never, you know, I asked, I was like, oh, like, could I come to prayers with you sometime? But they don't really allow that. So oh. there was no way, like, I wouldn't even be able to step foot in her, she calls it a church, but I don't know what the correct term for it is. But so I could never, you know, experience her faith, even if I wanted to. What about you, Ben? Um, I
2: also had a Muslim friend that I was really good friends with. And I said, hey, take me, you know, to prayers sometime. And he was like, Really? like, yeah. It's like, you want to see what we do? I was like, yeah. Um, But like Abby said, uh, their prayers are really private. And so they really don't allow others um, to come and visit.
0: So you guys haven't felt, see again, going back to you're all just so rooted in your faith that you haven't even felt the need to explore anything else or to, I mean, your faith feeds you and is sufficient and is whole and complete.
1: I mean, I find other faiths fascinating from like an intellectual perspective, Mm -hmm. but I've never felt spiritually connected to another faith.
0: I just want to remind our listeners that um, you are listening to Raising Saints on AM 820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. We're here today with Benjamin, Molly, and Abby, and we're discussing why they're Catholic. Um, What has been most influential for you in your growth as a Catholic? (coughs) Or, I mean, maybe it's not just one thing, but what are the things that you point to as very influential?
1: Um, I would say I point to, like, my roots, my family roots, and then I also, like, the youth ministry program at our church was great, or is great. It's still happening. Um, (laughs) Nope, once you guys left, it
3: all fell apart.
1: Darn, sorry about that. (laughs) Um, But... So I think that was very helpful and informative. And I've also gone to Catholic Youth Summer Camp, which was a great experience and really helped strengthen faith.
0: What about... Let's talk about that, because I always like to promote Catholic Youth Summer Camp. I think it's such a phenomenal program. So what about it specifically, Molly, was made an impact on you?
1: I just thought it was amazing to see how so many teenagers were so touched by the Eucharist and like praise and worship and adoration. So I thought that was... Amazing and uncommon to find. or what I thought was uncommon, but since going to CYSC, it's a lot
3: more common than I think it I Mm -hmm. thought it was. Yeah. What about you, Abby? Um, I would I would definitely agree with Molly. Um the programs at Resurrection were incredible for me. I got to go to National Catholic Youth Conference, which was I mean, (laughs) there's no experience like that. You're surrounded by thousands and thousands of teenagers who believe the same things that you do and who've all come together to pray and worship and sing and it was just an incredible experience and then from just resurrection things like gospel road and cross training and all the retreats that i went on there it really just strengthens you so much
2: i would agree with uh molly and abby um along uh, about the uh youth ministry at our church it was phenomenal. Um, I was thinking back and I remember telling my mom, I think I was probably like in sixth or seventh grade that, you know, after confirmation, I'm just going to be done with youth ministry. Um, And fortunately, or fortunately, that was the, not the case. Um, I kind of like just accelerated um, as I went through eighth grade and then confirmation. And then now I'm teaching youth ministry at our parish. So that's fantastic. I'm so glad that I uh, (laughs) didn't go with my word.
0: We sucked you in.
2: Yeah, like a whirlpool.
0: (laughs) What do you love most about your Catholic
1: faith? I mean, the Eucharist, without a doubt.
2: It's my vote.
1: Being the source of someone of our faith. (laughs) Correct. Next. (laughs) That is
0: fantastic,
1: because so many Catholics don't embrace it. And what other faith has of physical contact with the with God like right. that we have you know no one else gets to hold God in their hands and like consume God like we do as Catholics so i think that's awe inspiring
2: then along on the top while well, we're on the topic of uh eucharist also uh adoration i spend countless hours in our chapel just praying and uh being with the lord and uh that really like calms me down. If ever I have problems going on, I can just go into the chapel and just leave them in the chapel. Um, You know, my heart, uh, I I can't even explain it, like the love I have for Christ when I'm in that chapel. It's so overwhelming.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with them. Um, I mean, the obvious answer is the Eucharist, but I would also say um, definitely the sense of community that you get. You know, there are so many parishes, and there are just so many people who believe what you believe, and to be surrounded by that, it really, it gives you an identity and a place where you
0: belong. universal church is such Mm an awesome thing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: And also the tradition and ritual of the Catholic Church, I think is really, like, again, from an intellectual perspective, fascinating, and, like, the history of the church is fascinating, and ecclesiology and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that's another big part that, I mean, other religions have histories, but ours is just so um, ordained by God. Like mm-hmm. there were no accidents in salvation history. So, anything else you want to share that you love about your Catholic faith before we
0: move on? It's hard to articulate, right. isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's just part of who you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the reasons people leave the Catholic Church, do you think?
1: I think oftentimes the Catholic Church is presented as like a um kind of cold and rigid entity that isn't appealing to many people at all i mean that's not how it's ever been presented to me so i think often just the way it's presented and taught is can be cold and rigid and people obviously don't like rules or authority Mm -hmm. very much so what do you
0: think ben
2: um I think people see the Catholic Church a lot of times as just a bunch of rules, and that oh, these people are just following a bunch of rules. I actually had someone in college that was like, "You're just a sheep. You just follow all these rules." I'm like, "I'm
0: actually yes, okay with that. I am a sheep, actually." <laughs> Very good.
2: And I am a shepherd. <laughs> so,
0: That's funny. That was intended to be an insult, and we all heard that and go, "Yeah,
2: yeah I was like yes." <laughs> I don't know, that's
3: pretty so. much
2: it. Yeah. Happily so. it, it was really amazing to be that how like you can miss the point by such a small mark, and that could be the difference between whether mm. you're a devout Catholic or He was a non-practicing Catholic, so
0: spoken like a true engineer. <laughs> miss the <laughs> point by such a small mark and get so far off base. Yeah. What about you, Abby? Why do you think people some
3: of the reasons people leave the church? Yeah, Ben and Molly bring up really good points. I know the people who I know that have strayed from their Catholic faith, they did it because because of the strict rules. You know, controversial topics today like homosexuality and abortion, they really push people away. But to me, it like should unite you more. You know, the people who believe them, it should really strengthen the Catholic Church. It really, sh- like, I don't really understand why there's such a... It's so divisive. Yeah. Right.
0: So, so... How- why don't you guys have the same issues? Like, what's different about your understanding of the faith that keeps you, you know, that makes you love being a sheep? <laughs> like, that doesn't threaten you. That doesn't upset you. It gives you comfort. Why, why is that different for you?
2: Honestly, I don't know how I'd live without being Catholic. Those uh, so-called rules are a guideline for me on how I live my life. And if I didn't have them, my life would be so crazy and chaotic. I honestly don't know what I'd do.
1: And also, like, um, the the church has always presented me as, like, a loving and protecting entity. And um, I keep saying entity. I don't want to say entity, but I can't think of a better word. Um, So, but it also provides a sense of hope that is otherwise not there. Like, um, I was talking with my mom the other day, and we were talking about all the horror in the world. And she said, what do people do? who don't have any hope of a better like after death. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how people live and I don't know how, like what do they do if they don't expect the second coming of Christ? Like they just think the world's going to continue being awful. So it's the
0: hope that you find in the church that you don't find, you can't find anywhere else. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Your faith, it really holds you together. You know, if you're going through something, a struggle or an obstacle, you have people you can turn to for help. If, something went amazing in your life. You know, you have people to rejoice with and you can thank God for that. And it's just like, I don't know where you would turn in the face of struggle or joy, you know, without your faith.
0: There are a lot of people who, so we've been talking about people who leave the church because they can't deal with, you know, for whatever reason, but there are a lot of people who disagree, disagree with the teachings of the church, but still call themselves Catholic. And I found this clip um, by the guy who does Young Catholic Minute uh, about this issue, so I wanted to play it and just take a second to talk about what your thoughts on this are.
2: When we ask, can I disagree with the teachings of the Church and still be Catholic? What we're really asking is,
1: can I not be Catholic
2: and still be Catholic? Think about it. As Catholics, we believe that all the teachings of the Church come from God Himself and are unchanging. So, if we try to pick and choose which church teachings to believe, what we're basically saying is I know Jesus is God, but I think he was wrong about a couple of things. Let's fix them. What? If you have questions, or you're confused, or you don't quite understand something, it's not the same as disagreeing with the church. So, don't be afraid to ask your questions, because the church has all the answers and she got him from God himself.
0: Again, that was Young Catholic Minute. If you want to see some great uh Catholic insight, just Google it Young Catholic Minute. I don't know the name of the guy who does it. I should. Sorry about that. But um so what what are your I don't know. Do you have any Abby, you had some thoughts on this you wanted to share? Yeah,
3: um I just love the message of this clip. Um recently, it's been something I've been struggling with um in my theology class this past year. The whole second semester, we talked about how the Catholic Church was adapting to modern times and how it should continue to do this in in order to, like, remain relevant in today's society. And this concerned me a lot because the whole point of a religion is, in particular Catholicism, is that, you know, you continue to have the same beliefs. They're constant. And that's what holds your religion together. But if we're just going to adapt to modern times, it strays from what the whole purpose of faith and religion are. So, yeah. Great point. So, what do you? So, what do you do when you're struggling with
0: a teaching of the church? Do you pick and choose, or or what do you do? How do you how do you not just adapt, Abby? You know, not just well. Let me just change.
1: You know what I think. How do you struggle through that? I mean, I always do a lot of research and like prayer. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't get this. How are we gonna? How do I understand? what's going on right here so um i don't really know where i'm going with that <laughs> no, research and prayer that's yeah. where you're going yeah. yeah
2: i usually pull out my uh, catechism or the UCAT um and just like look up what what my question is and usually that has an answer right there i'm like oh okay you know that makes sense um if it doesn't then i usually like ask somebody like katie or my mother um and they can usually explain it a bit more and then it, after that i can always pray on it and usually clarity comes that way as well
0: because does the church want us to just be uninformed and blindly follow all of the teaching no, no. no absolutely not i think that's what a lot of people think too i think that's why the sheep thing was disturbing to your friend you know that that's not at all what we're called to do we're called to be informed you know both intellectually and have, inform our consciences and, we're like
1: sheep who are choosing to follow our
0: shepherd right right Yeah. So, um, ah, we're out of time. (laughs) Why does that always happen? (laughs) I just want to thank you all for joining us again. Um, And I hope you'll come back sometime. Don't get too big for us when you go off to college doing your thing. Okay. (laughs) Let's close in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of our Catholic faith. We thank you so much for this church which you founded, which you established, and which we continue to build. Help us to always do so with zeal and with um, all glory to you and with gratitude and ever mindful of your love for us. We give you thanks for the promise that um, the gates of hell will never prevail against the Catholic Church. Help us to have hope in that, and believe that, and move forward in that. And we ask all of this in the name of your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.